0: How dare he act and mighty. He commits God knows how many crimes to get to the top, and then starts preaching peace and harmony. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks he's some kind of saint. The old fart was nothing but a hypocrite, as far as I'm concerned. You're wrong. Hmm? What do you mean? Big Daddy knew that he had done a lot of bad things in his life. He was aware of his own weaknesses. That's why harmony and order were so important to him, and why he felt they were the key to Millennium's future. I hate it. I hate the thought of you being duped into believing that old fart's bullshit! He robbed me. Stole the most important thing in my life from me. Do you understand? What he stole was irreplaceable! He's about to learn what it feels like, cause you know what I'm gonna steal from him? Everything he's got! The Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two
1: dudes talk about anime.
0: Sounds like you questioned the dude part. (laughs) He's a real stubborn son of a bitch. (laughs) He's Bill. That's fair. (laughs) Me, a present. (laughs) And I've never (laughs) taken a bullet. That's also true. I'm Andy. Hey, guy. Hi.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Tuning Japanese. We are going to talk about... Some Gungrave today It is episode 26 of Gungrave. You didn't think we'd ever get here, fans. I could read your thoughts. I didn't think we were going to get here. <laughs> no, we got here in 20 episodes. This is, the soonest, this is the fewest number of episodes we've ever done to get to the end of a series. 20 episodes, and we're done with Gungrave. Uh, we're going to talk about the finale of Gungrave, entitled Dusk of the Destroyers, which... Is just a name of a bunch of words together.
0: Well, it's it's a inverse of the first episode's name. What? What was the first one called? Destroyer of the Dusk or Destroyer of the Dusk? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, something like that. Here, hmm. he's pulling up the Funimation. No, the Funimation. I am. I'm,
1: I'm pulling up the Googles. It's the Googles. This is the part of the show where Bill Googles things, not to be confused when Justin McElroy does it on Sawbones. <laughs> We're not chopping at the flavor at all. I mean <laughs> I mean, it's called an homage when it's a when it's done, right? That way, right? <laughs> when we call it out. <laughs> we, we call it out, it's an homage when we don't it's blatant thievery. Destroyer in the Dusk is the Oh, ah, okay. Destroyer in the Dusk. So then that leads us to Dusk of the Destroyers. Actually I kinda like that. when when you really, really like pay attention to that title. And you think of, like, kind of like the idea of, like, the beginning of a journey to the end of the journey.
0: It's not the worst thing they ever did, but I still wish it was now. Because the last episode was then.
1: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, That was last week. But anyway, this week we're going to talk about this wonderful episode. We're going to wrap up with the final episode here. And then be back next time for our final, final wrap-up. Where we talk about the series overall. And we play some sort of game that I'll come up with. And Josh will hopefully be here and we'll uh we'll have a good time we'll have a great time kind of talking about overall of the series and kind of drilling down to its core yes
0: <laughs> yes we'll call it, we'll call that one
1: now yes and next episode we'll reveal what we're doing for season seven of the anime and we have a couple of big announcements we're going to get into we'll wait till next time for that it's uh, going to be a really big episode next time Definitely make sure you're, you're you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever the hell you listen to our podcast.
0: Yes, I listen I listen to it on iTunes. Thank you, Bill. That's called getting us <laughs> downloads.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, let's do this segment again called Nerd News. Uh, I'm a little slurry today. Uh, this wine is hitting me a little harder than I thought it was going to. Uh, let's talk some nerd news, shall we? <laughs> I drank two bottles of wine before we started. I know, I'm only like, like only half, more than halfway through one glass. And I'm like, nope. (laughs) I'm out. Let's talk some nerd news. I'm going to start. I watched a movie this weekend. Nice. I don't ever do, I don't, I don't do that very often.
0: We watched two movies this weekend.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, Bill. Oh, you watched one movie, you watched two. Uh, no, I'm kidding.
0: One was way too late. Okay. What, what what do you mean by too late? Uh, we finally got around to watching Venom. Good, good flick. It was. I enjoyed it very much. Enjoyed Venom. And we also watched uh, Nobody. Don't know what that is. Written by the same guy that did John Wick, but it stars okay. uh, Bob Odenkirk. I don't. Who's that? Saul, Saul Goodman. Okay. Okay. And it is fantastic. I have never seen John Wick. I haven't either.
1: Okay, fair enough. All right. I was going to say, I didn't know if that was like, like is this S- going to be a sin I'm about to commit? I don't know. No. Never seen him. See, see nobody. Okay. Nobody was enjoyable. Okay, I will see if I can get time to watch that. No, I watched um The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad. Which was the prequel. Which was kind of, I mean, it's kind of a sequel, kind of a soft reboot. Right. It's interesting. Um, So it's gotten really good reviews and everyone that i talked to has really mostly pretty much like very much enjoyed it. Uh i was a little more lukewarm on it. I enjoyed it. There's definitely some flaws in the film. Some of the things that i really enjoyed, i you know, it's James Gunn and i think he brought some of his magic to this film and uh made some of the humor that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy mixed with some of i think his early sort of, like, horror-inspired days come to light no, in this film. Like Slither? Yeah, yeah, like his trauma deep stuff. Just the, the, the pure violence and blood and gore and nastiness, I think, is in full display here. and something that like, we couldn't have seen in like, Guardians of the Galaxy, being a uh, more straight-laced Disney-type film. Correct. It's on full display here, and... This movie has its completely sadistic moments. Like there were parts of this movie that made me feel uncomfortable, but like it was meant to make you feel uncomfortable.
0: Will will I feel uncomfortable or will I laugh? Some of it you'll laugh. Some of it I think you'll just be
1: like, man. Because there's
0: a, there's a lot of movies that like everybody else is uncomfortable and I laugh. Yeah.
1: Well, I think I think there will be moments like that. I think there will be a few moments where even you're going to be like, man, that's just that's just kind of fucked up.
0: There are a handful of movies that, yeah. Yeah, that will do that to me.
1: I, I really liked. Generally, I like the cast. I think they did a better job this time than in the uh than in the original Suicide Squad, which I liked The original Suicide Squad, like it I, was I, fine. I think I think it was fine.
0: Um, I like this one a little better. I paid a couple bucks to see it on Redbox and yeah, and and spent an hour and a half watching it, and I wasn't mad at the end. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it wasn't the best thing I ever saw. No, but yeah,
1: there's definitely without getting into spoiler territory. They're pretty good at like bait and switching throughout this film. Uh, are not shy to kill off characters. I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I can't remember his name now for some reason. The shark character. Uh, oh, King Shark. King Shark. That's it. I really, I really enjoyed his character and uh, Sylvester Stallone's take on on that character. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's extremely fitting, and uh, I, I enjoyed that character. I really enjoyed. Yeah, he's a he's a good actor. I enjoy him. I enjoyed him in in this. He's really good at at, at the comedy, and then it ca- takes a weird darker turn as well. And I think I think he he handles it really well. Flag's character is one of the few characters that returns from the original. He's he's a good kind of like moral center. Um, my biggest gripe was I did not like Harley Quinn in this at all. And I know that like, really, yeah, she was not written well. I, a lot of her that, lines. Seemed to fall flat for me.
0: That's fair. I like that actress in that role.
1: Yes. Generally, yes. But, like, I feel like the writing was kind of weak around her and she kind of just felt there. Right. Without being that important to anything going on. Like, I feel like if you're going to. And I know that, like, maybe that was the point to, like, give other people a chance to shine. But, like, she felt like such an afterthought and then she wasn't written well, in my opinion, too. So, like, I don't know.
0: Well, she was such a nerd wank in the first movie. I assume she just kind of went back to that. I don't know. It's like, they she... wrote her. They wrote her better in Birds of Prey. I never saw Birds of Prey. Compared to either Suicide Squad, I think you're, that's probably of the three. That's probably the best one. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen this. The right. Suicide Squad, but I'm just it. It wasn't the. I mean, it wasn't Shakespeare or anything, but mm-hmm. it was better than Suicide Squad by leaps and bounds. That's fair. It was. I mean, it was probably up there with Aquaman or Shazam. It was okay. Worth watching. I mean, yeah. I know that's okay. not that's not high praise, but but it,
1: for DC Universe, it
0: kind of yeah, is. for a DC Universe movie, it was it was worth watching.
1: Okay, I might check that out. But um, definitely, I, I'd I'd suggest you check out the Suicide Squad. I think you'll
0: you'll probably enjoy it. Oh, I'm sure I'll see it. I just I'll probably wait till Redbox comes out because I don't have yeah access to HBO Max or anything. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, that's
1: my big nerd news this week. Uh, anything that you want to talk about this week? Uh, I pre-ordered some things. You, as you're, as as you're, want to do like like when we're uh, talking the before the episode where you made me buy a Pac-Man figure art. <laughs> <laughs> I that's made on, you. <laughs> that's that's on no the wine made me. That's uh yeah, that's, that's on I our don't. Patreon or we'll be on our Patreon Patreon dot slash tuning if you want to hear that conversation with a bunch of other <laughs> rambling that's like gonna just make it into it as a bonus episode. <laughs>
0: I, I No, I said I was done with the Power Rangers Lightning Collection. Yes. And that still holds true for the most part. Okay. But how do I not buy Power Rangers Ninja Turtles crossover Lightning Collection figures? On paper, it sounds
1: either... Well, it sounds simultaneously like this is going to be the coolest thing in the entire world. But also at the same time, like, kind of overly weird to the point that I think it makes it kind of alienating. I saw them all. You showed me them all. I
0: don't like them.
1: (laughs) I don't think (laughs) I like them at all. Uh, The only one that I like is the Shredder.
0: That's fair. The Shredder is really cool. The Shredder
1: is super cool. Do you want to describe, like, these figures in general?
0: Well, actually, it comes from a, I believe, IDW run of comics. I would not be surprised. And it was literally... The Power Rangers meet in the Ninja Turtles, and at some point, the Turtles take on the Morphers and use them. The Streams Cross or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So these figures are homages to that. Mm hmm. We have, uh, Leonardo as the Blue Ranger. Mm hmm. And Billy's Power Lance, three-pronged double-end thing. Yeah. Uh, is now two swords with, they're, they're almost size in their own right. Okay. But there's two of them, and they're smaller. Raphael has the Red Ranger, and he has got Psy power swords that are slightly bigger. It's weird that
1: they went just just based on color and didn't go more toward, like, the right personalities matching. Or, like, even the weapons matching. I don't know. Maybe it just made it too plain. But, like, you you do have two that, like, use swords. But really, that's
0: the only crossover.
1: I mean, I guess, like, the Lance and the, the, the size makes sense like the three the three
0: see i would have done the power daggers and the size
1: okay okay yeah no i can see that
0: but yeah they went strictly by color of the ring of the turtle Mm -hmm. so yeah the the one pack is blue ranger leonardo and black ranger donatello which is not quite right but close enough i suppose yeah i mean if you're going personality obviously he'd be blue ranger but Mm -hmm. and he's got a bow staff with an axe like a pole axe basically yeah Raphael comes with Tommy as a foot soldier. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough of the, the story to tell you why that is. I right. don't know the actual plot. Yeah, I've no um, idea. Uh Michelangelo is the Yellow Ranger. Mm-hmm. And he has uh dagger nunchucks. Okay. Which are cool if not terribly practical. Yeah. Um and again, yeah, black to purple and yellow to orange are not exactly right. Yeah, they're close ish. They're close. Um and they're Pink Rangers Apronial. Okay. Okay. She just has the regular bow, mm-hmm. and then she has a microphone and camera. All right. And then the single figure of the of the set is uh, Green Ranger Super Shredder. That would be the one figure I'd want. And that one is cool as shit.
1: That one is super neat. Like, again, I don't do extra figures very often or as much, but, like, that would be one that I'd be like, I would like that in my collection of random things. Like, that is, just looks cool as shit.
0: Well, and I've always been a Power Rangers or uh, a Ninja Turtles fan. Mm-hmm. If Battle Beasts were one of my fir- the first things I kind of saw and was obsessed with, Ninja Turtles is actually one of the things I I started to collect for real. Right. It it's kind of hard for me if I find I don't just buy anything Ninja Turtles because I'd go broke doing that too. <sighs> uh But if I find something random cool like the the black and white comic book versions, yes. I have back there. Yeah. You know I I want them. Yeah, um, that's fair. And I think this I think this kind of fits in the a cool alternate version of them. Yeah, I agree. Um. Yeah, I mean, the turtle figures are
1: weird looking to to me, but I mean, they're novel enough that I could see why you'd want them.
0: Right, and that's entirely what it is. I I like no- novelty and crossover appeal.
1: uh, yeah. oh, you know what else is novel? A book. This is true. Which a type of book could be a manga, and Mongo. I'm sure, <laughs> close enough. Uh <laughs> you a uh a manga. I'm sure there's a... I lost my train of thought. The you, wine got to me. <laughs> you a... Uh... <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a manga version of Gungrave. And Gungrave is the anime that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm sure freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> this was... Okay, so this was was my week, but like I took over last week for Josh. So then Josh was going to do this week, but then Josh could be here. But
0: then he didn't.
1: <laughs> So we're just going to kind of, we're not going to do a straight up, just like watch and comment. Like we're going to talk about like, like regular, but we both have just for the fans who are out there. We have it up. So that way we can at least like refresh and see what's going on. Praising. God damn it. I just, I just like, what did I say? Uh, and so we have an idea of like what happens in the episode. And then, uh, yeah, we'll kind of do a deep dive of the finale of
0: Gungrave. I'm ready. Yes. I feel like I'm too sober for it. <laughs>
1: I You know, honestly, I think I might be too drunk for it. Here we go. Uh, so the episode starts with Pardner. Yes. partner yeah. is...
0: You are supposed to tell me when you started. Oh, sorry. I started. I'm
1: on like 27 seconds and I paused. Partner is wandering around and has found one of Grave's guns. One of the Cerebus guns. Yep. Because Kitty. Because Kitty. It's, you know, every anime needs a good pet. Or if it's Wolf's Rain, the pet is the pets are the cast.
0: The pet was the plant in Wolf's Rain.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> they couldn't even keep the damn plant alive.
0: Every, That's all I'm saying everybody moves down a notch.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: God damn it!
1: Um, <laughs> so what are plants in that world then? <laughs> pets? Do so I want okay, pl- plants? Plants? Plants are plants. All right, Lord. Plants are pets. So what takes the role of plants? Rocks. <laughs> okay, that actually tracks. <laughs> so the cat like sniffs the gun, then all of a sudden looks up, and then there's Bunji randomly. It's psychic like cat. It's psychic like cat. <laughs> it sees dead people. <laughs> it's... <laughs> this cat does see dead people. So they go to the old bar. It's it, it's a mess. Like glass is broken. The the freezer door is open and it has cobwebs all over. Um and both Harry and Grave just kick back in the stu- or in like the uh, the 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 seating area, like the the, the bench, booth, the booth, the, the bench, boosh. the booth, right? Just like when they were younger. This scene is unexpected and cool.
0: It's not how showdowns in animes typically happen.
1: No, it isn't. Like let's think back to some of the anime that we covered that were very action oriented, even. If we compare this to something like Trigun.
0: Probably the closest.
1: Which makes sense because, again, same, same, you know, kind of like a lot of the same people, it seems like, you know, running, creating this show, create, tr- creating Trigun, right? You know, when we get that final showdown between Vash and Knives, there is kind of this sort of, like, bittersweet sort of, like, moment where, like, they're t- kind of together. And then they try to, sh- you know, sh- shoot and kill each other. But, like, this is, like, even more so than kind of what we saw in Trigun.
0: Yeah, they actually, well, they actually have a a good relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, knives is absolute axe crazy. Mm-hmm. Harry's still got some humanity. Yes. I mean, yes he's evil, yes he's bloody Harry, but there's enough of a real person still there that whereas knives is just completely. Like I don't think we ever see knives soften at all.
1: No, I don't I don't think that's the case at all. They sit and they stare at each other for for quite a while actually. We get like a lot of really cool close-ups, like other faces, uh, and you again, you get to see Brandon's, you know, sort of like really fucked up face.
0: It's well paced. It's very atmospheric.
1: Yeah. yeah, extremely atmospheric. Not a lot of not a lot of dialogue yet. Um, by the way, we don't have our theme song in this yes, episode. They cut it out this one. Yes, this is they they need every second they could possibly get here in the finale. So we get our title card. We get dusk of the destroyers, and we get another just sh- shot of them sitting across from each other. He basically, he isn't Harry, basically kind of calls out Brandon, like, saying, like, you pathetic bastard.
0: Well, I think that's not even calling out. I think it's more of a sympathy. Because he just sees how fucked up he is. Yeah. It's it's like, hey, buddy, you look like shit.
1: Yeah, and this whole scene is kind of... The tone is a little weird. But, like, it makes total sense. Like, they have that awkward moment at the end of the last episode where they are... Just kind of laughing when he goes to shoot Harry and he's out of bullets.
0: Yeah. And so their next goal is to just come walk in here and sit down and talk.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it seems like you get the vibe that, like, is this Harry trying to pull another of his, like, kind of control tricks?
0: See, I, I didn't read that and do it at all.
1: Okay. Like, I'm I'm not sure because, like, Grave is not really talking a lot here at all.
0: No, but, I mean,. It's Harry. It's it's, it's Brandon, Brandon Heat. Is, he doesn't talk much. So how did I you think,
1: kind of see this scene?
0: I think this is their old dynamic of them, you know, Harry just pontificating and Brandon sort of sitting near him grunting. All the tension kind of broke, as we see both in the last episode and some of this episode. We kind of see both of them revert to the people they were. That 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 click just kind of took all the all the air out of the the fight. And it's interesting how they can go back to that though
1: after everything that they've been through, all everything that Harry took away from Brandon. Harry kills Brandon. Brandon then comes back as a undead dude and kills all of Harry's friends. It's like it's almost like they're on like even play an even playing field at this point.
0: Although I don't think Harry cares anywhere near as much about the people that Brandon killed as Brandon cared about the people that Harry killed.
1: I agree, and and the one that he does care the most about was not killed by Brandon.
0: Yeah, it just happened. Yeah.
1: So, like, maybe there's a sense of, like, introspection, like, within Harry of, I've made some fucking bad decisions. Right. In this conversation, uh, you know, he says, you know, like, man, Dr. Tokioka made you a necrolized being, right? Like, why the fuck would he do that? And Brandon says, yeah, I told him to. I asked him to before I was killed. Like, did we know this? I don't know if we knew this before. Like, if this was, like... I can't remember if this was like specifically revealed. I can't remember. I, I, recall. I don't
0: either. I don't remember this being called out. I think maybe there was a point where he was like talking to Tokioka, but I don't think we ever got a hundred percent what what was up here.
1: Yeah, I I don't remember. Or recall a hundred percent. But then the most the, the coolest part I think of this entire scene starts, and that's where we kind of start cutting back and forth between Grave. And bloody Harry as an old man to them when they're younger sitting in the bar,
0: and I think that's it really is is like I said they all kind of revert to who they were, mm-hmm. and the dead are all around them. Yeah, it's the whole this whole scene is just super cool.
1: Like, and I love how like when they cut to their younger selves, they cut right back to like the original voice actors too. I think that's a nice touch. And you're right, like they're just surrounded by the dead. So like we see like lines of like executives walking by. And then we get a a shot of like Maria and uh big daddy. And then we see like blood war and like the evil Nazi doctor and just like all of these things, right. As Harry is shouting about how, you know, he had to do all this stuff to get to the top of the ladder.
0: It's a very cerebral ending to an anime. Like I said, I, Mm -hmm. I don't think these are literal. I think this is the emotions and the thought processes of these two. You know, I don't think it's literally time shifting or literally the dead come back or anything. No, no. It's all it's all metaphorical, but we don't get that kind of metaphorical ending to things usually. No,
1: we really don't. And I, I think that this is kind of the beauty of this final episode is that they're taking they're really taking their time to tell the story, not just through dialogue, which the dialogue is good between the two of them. But, like, you have you have this dialogue, and, like, if they didn't do these things, like, it would still be fine, but it would be a lot of the same scene of cutting back and forth between the two of them, sitting at this... It would feel like a Tarantino moment, where, like, they're all just yes. sitting in a bar or something, and, like, there's Talking. not a whole lot necessarily visual going on during the talk, but, like, you know, the whole point of... And, again, I don't like Tarantino, but, like, generally, I get the idea, like, people are there to listen to the dialogue and the interactions between the characters.
0: I think... Objectively, with Tarantino, you have to say it's the the scenes are at least. I don't want to put it. even if you don't think it's well written, it's obviously intended to be interestingly written. Yes, it's meant uh, to be. Yeah, it's it's not a one way conversation of just this is the stuff that's going on and we need to talk about. It's always kind of a back and forth character establishing. And...
1: But then the added effect of like all of the visual stuff and the cutting back and forth, I think, is just it draws you in to the conversation and like makes you think of, cause like with all the cutting back, like some of the times that they do, it's just like, you almost feel like it is the younger Harry talking to the, to the younger Brandon, like even back then, right. Like, saying all these things that like, he wanted to do the ambition, the like, you've always followed me since you were, you were a child kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I just think it's really masterfully done.
0: I think you have a point here. I think if, uh, and, and this is not, Again, if we use the Tarantino analogy, I don't know that this is as intricately written, mm-hmm. uh, dialogue. Yes. But yeah, the, the visuals add tremendously to it. I, I would, I would love to see somebody in live action, like a Tarantino or somebody else that writes really heavy dialogue, do a scene that's also doing stuff like this. Oh, yes. Like seeing the dead in live action, seeing characters that have already died, like standing on the other side of a diner, just the dead just standing there. That would be really cool. I fucking love that. And cutting back and forth between, like, a time shift of a, a younger actor that played the character in a time shift. Yeah. Cutting yeah. back and forth. That would be, su- that would be super cool to, com- to combine those things, the conversation and the visuals.
1: Absolutely agree. Um, One of the moments where they cut back is, like, you know, he asks, because he's old and then, like, immediately he's young again when he asks, you know, like, why didn't you kill me when you found out I was working and betraying the organization? Like, what... And again, it's just it's just like the, the 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 conscious choices of when to cut back and forth between these like past and present. It's it's so cool. It's well thought out.
0: It is. It certainly is. I get kind of I get kind of uh, sick of hearing Harry say the I have the power to give and take as I choose that. Yeah, that line's kind of dumb and it's not really. Open. I agree. I wish he had a better catchphrase.
1: Yes, I yes. Yes. Um, Although we will come back to your favorite analogy in just a little bit during this conversation, but we'll, we'll get there. Brandon has said like, you know, I thought you would always become the boss of millennium millennium to which, you know, Harry's like, what me? Uh, and then again, goes back to his like, yeah, I control everything. I'm in charge of everything. You know, if I say black is white, then from now on it's white, it's mine, all of it. So yeah, like he hasn't lost his, like that pride that he has in everything that he's accomplished. Although, the irony is, he still says all this, but everything is falling apart around him, and he really doesn't have any power over Millennium or anything at this point.
0: It's all falling apart.
1: Yeah, it's all just bravado at this point. Yeah, and I love how Brandon points out, and he says, like, "Nah, Millennium's not about that, right? Like, Millennium, because again, the the whole thing that we've seen between these two is like they're different views of like what this organization should be. You know, you have the the big daddy per- perception that like Brandon sort of espouses versus like the take everything at all costs sort of thing that Harry
0: has. And Harry has a point. I mean, big daddy did do all this shit first. Mm -hmm. Like he was violent and taking Harry's not doing anything right now that big daddy didn't do.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I love too, that like, near the end of like the, the, the confrontation aspect of this conversation, they're both just like, you betrayed me on or the organization. Like they both believe that of the other person. And so Harry's just like, eh, fuck it. Let's just drink instead.
0: <laughs> and they both have a point they, that they betrayed the organization. Mm-hmm. I, if anything, Brandon betrayed the organization for Harry.
1: Um, so they, they, they take out some, uh, 43 year old bourbon called TN saddy which I don't know if that's meant to be a knockoff of anything. Like the bottle definitely like has a reminiscence of like I don't know, like Jack Daniels or yeah, something. It looks like a it looks like a
0: Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah. But I don't yeah, I don't get the
1: TN saddy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know either. Some something, something from their world. Um, this is where we get our rehashing of that conversation that Big Daddy had, right? Like when Big and he says, like, you know, Big Daddy once said that I was a derivative because whiskey and bourbon's a derivative of whiskey or whatever. And we we went over that in, a, in an episode before in that bad analogy.
0: We did. But you know what? They make the analogy worse here.
1: <laughs> I, I wasn't sure where you're going for half a second. For half a second, I thought you were going to say better. Uh, no, What, what worse. makes it worse?
0: Well, because he says it's just a watered-down version of the real thing. No, a watered-down whiskey is just bringing it to the proof it's supposed to be. You're thinking of a cask strength versus, like, normal You take the cask strength that's maybe too high, and you water it down until it's the right proof it's supposed to be. Okay, that's the watered down version of it. Not (laughs) bourbon's not watered down whiskey; it's just different whiskey. Got it. And bourbon is whiskey. (laughs) It's a terrible analogy, and it's such a mixed metaphor at this point.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, they brought it back up. I, I I could have done without that again, honestly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you don't feel anywhere near as passionately about whiskey no I do.
1: no i don't i don't have as, as I, I don't have a passionate belief in, in alcohol usually so yeah no i can understand why that pisses you off a little <laughs> bit or at the very least annoys you he calls big daddy an old man and a fool uh to which brandon's like nah big d says big daddy knew that he had done a lot of bad things in his life he was aware of his own weaknesses uh, that's why harmony and order were so important to him and i like that i like that sort of take on big daddy is this like crime boss but like why he did soften up the way that he did near the end of his life
0: he had a change of heart and i guess you can i can see reading it
1: that way and that's kind of how brandon always saw him you know like he realized what he did wrong maybe like some of the methods and he wasn't going to necessarily do i don't know kind of like follow that Fully later on in life to which Harry is like, that's bullshit. And like breaks the bottle of booze on the wall.
0: Well, he, he does have a point. I mean, that is how big daddy got where he was. Mm-hmm. It was through bloodshed. Yeah. As I said before, and honestly, that's how he maintained it. I mean, he maintained it through force of arms and strength. And like, if you got out of line, they would kill you. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's one of the cool things. That's just the cool thing about this conversation between Harry and Brandon the whole time is like you at any point can be like, yeah, you're both right.
0: Yeah, I think, as the hero, it's, Brandon is a little writer, but it's it's like 60-40.
1: And that's that's good writing of any villain.
0: Oh, it certainly is,
1: yeah. Like, they have to be, they have to, to have a real, like, there has to be something realistic about...
0: Very, very few villains, not always, doesn't have to be, but very few villains get away with just being absolute batshit crazy, violent, Anarchists. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Joker. Carnage. I, I can't even think of anymore, honestly. Yeah. Those are the two that really come to mind as working in the in the mindset of being nuts. Yeah, those are the ones that kind of come to my mind, too.
1: Harry takes out a cigar, asks, like, hey, when did things go wrong? And take a turn. Uh, and I love that when he asks that question, like, we see all these shots, again, of ghosts around the bar. We see, like, Ballad Bird Lee. And we see Bob. Uh, and then we see, like, all these executives of Millennium watching, like, behind him. This sort of, I guess, like, reminder of, like, there's, I don't know, like, just, like, kind of, like, all the people that had to die because of Harry, ultimately. Because of what Harry wanted. Of, because of his ambition. and Because of his, his desire. Like, he's, he's ultimately, the he's like, I don't know what went wrong. And then, like, here's all these dead, like, dead people that, like, yes. were caused by, like, Harry's decisions yep i love that uh harry takes out a gun uh and not just any gun but the gun that brandon was gonna shoot and kill him with originally apparently he just kept it i mean i understand keeping something like that (laughs) and then he and then he also like produces the gun that he killed brandon with and he just lays him on the table and he's like hey so you know what we're gonna do we're gonna shoot and settle the score and shoot each other like And they do, they, well, they don't shoot each other, but they pick up the gun simultaneously and do that cool anime thing where they like,
0: yeah, they draw on each other.
1: Yeah. So like they're sitting across the table, they've, they've drawn their weapons and Harry's just like, come on, kill me. Uh, and we see a, we hear a gunshot. We see the scene of the blanket or not the blanket, but the sheet that's like flying in the wind that we've seen like when they were kids. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we think like, Oh man, someone did shoot the other but when we cut back, the person who's been shot is an executive or not executive, a member of Millennium who had uh, followed them to this old bar. And it uh, looks like Brandon and Harry are going to be on the same
0: side here. He was sneaking to assassinate Harry. Mm-hmm. And Brandon saved Harry in this moment.
1: And again, it's this, this will get brought up later in the episode, but like, no matter what had happened, like it's Brandon is always there to, to help Harry.
0: Well, that, but you could also read it as Brandon wants to kill Harry. I mean, nobody else. Oh, well, yeah, you can read it that way. He came back to kill Harry, and he's not going to let some rando mook assassinate him while they're having their talk. That's interesting. And it, it, it's probably a little of both. Yeah. It's probably instinct, and it's also probably, you know, he's going to be the one to do it.
1: We cut to the uh, Harry's crash car from last episode, and a whole bunch of members from Millennium who just open fire on the bar, like ridiculously open fire on the bar. It is yeah. a Vash the Stampede episode one sort of moment.
0: Yeah, it's it's fully automatic submachine yeah. guns and...
1: and. I love that they just pull. They just like stand up at a window and they're like, "Let's just shoot a few shots back." Yep. They're not going to go down without like fighting. That's for sure. Um, and they do take down a few members of Millennium.
0: They they take down more than a few. Yeah. And you can really tell Millennium wasn't here to kill both of them because they didn't pack any Necrolyzer bullets.
1: No, they didn't. Which actually is a good thing because Brandon takes a bullet for Harry. Takes several. Takes a lot of bullets, actually. You're right, from I, Harry. I think at this point
0: they have snapped back into partner mode fully.
1: Yeah, whether, whether it's intentional or just
0: survival-based, they have. Yeah, whatever his intention of that first shot, taking that dude out, now they are certainly on the same side.
1: That's cool. Here's something else that I, I did not notice, and I actually really, really like. This is, I've seen this before, but this this just dawned on me. After he's shot, he points the, his grave, he, he points the gun at one of the uh, members of Millennium who's in there. And, uh-huh. like, he looks, like, in his eyes, and, like, has this moment of, like, fuck, I can't kill this guy. And he just starts chucking these guys out the door, basically, like, get
0: the fuck away I'm not going to kill you. The looking a man in the eye and seeing what they are, what they're like. Yes, which is a callback. Yes. Yep. To to Bear
1: Walking. Yep. That's so cool. So like he sees it like some of these people are innocent; they're just pawns. Right. Most of them are just doing a job.
0: Most yeah. of them are no different than they were.
1: Absolutely. So maybe he sees a little bit of himself in in these people. Yep. So he's trying to kind of trying to kind of save them, and I. I love that, because I didn't catch that the, first, the last time I watched this. That's that's such a cool, minor thing. Brandon puts the gun in his pocket. He grabs the other one. Uh, and as he's grabbing up all these weapons, Harry's like, why are you protecting me? And you know, like basically shouts it again and again, like, why? Why are you protecting me? Uh, to which then we cut outside <laughs> where one of the executives is like, why is he protecting him? Yep. <laughs> And this is where, as you mentioned, they're like, yeah, we should probably get some of that anti-necrolizer bullet, like, like ammo and rounds.
0: Yeah. But obviously they didn't come there to do Brandon. No,
1: no, not at all. They're only trying to take out Harry. They didn't really realize what was going to happen. Yeah. We cut to, uh, oh, what's his, what's his name? The, uh, the, the guy who's in charge of Millennium now. Nabisco. Um, Nabisco, thank you, uh, Martian. Martian successor, Nabisco. Uh, He—that's uh, a callback from season one. That was a long time ago. That was all. Wow. Yeah. So he's still chilling with with uh, with uh, Mika, and he's like, "Oh, well, we found Grave. That's the good news." She's like, "Oh, yay!" And he's like, "Well, the bad news is he's going to have to die now."
0: Yeah, he's with Harry, and we're going to kill both of them.
1: Yeah, to which she's like, no, don't. And he's like, nah, I've already kind of made the order. And she's begging him. Yeah, we got out the decrylizer bullets and everything. <laughs> we, can't, we can't possibly put those back. Uh, so Mika's like, fuck it. I'm just going to run to grave, which is what I do best.
0: We're, we'd have to change the light bulb.
1: <laughs> <to a> different... <laughs> so we, we see Mika running away, and they're just like, "Yeah, just let her go. Um, we cut back to the bar. More soldiers have shown up to fight uh harry and brandon have like put a table down and have uh really kind of like set up a de- a defensive position but they didn't think about the w- open window to their left <laughs> <laughs> that someone just pops in and like shoots the hell out of harry uh, this why is gonna not? Be the, f- the first set of bullets that harry takes here <laughs> he gets shot a lot in this episode
0: well it'd be kind of anticlimactic if he didn't
1: that's fair he does note though too that like man this is the first time I've ever been shot. All the danger, I've never taken a bullet ever. Which, that I don't know, I thought it was an interesting line to oh, bring it's up here. He, it's because
0: he doesn't get his hands dirty.
1: That's true. And we see that all the time. We've seen it throughout the series all the time. We saw it in that flashback in the last episode when Brandon beat the shit out of those guys who were harassing Maria, and he just like sat back smoking by a wall.
0: It's not that he had any kind of special luck, he just didn't put himself in front of them. We see some SWAT team
1: members of Millennium coming in with the big guns. Big guns, uh, the big guns.
0: This is where we kind of see. I, yeah, go. ahead. I don't think organized crime should be allowed to have stuff like that. <laughs> Christ, I just wow. Maybe that's a hot take, but <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a hot take. I don't know.
1: I I don't know. Um, I love this this scene where like Harry's losing some blood, and he he gets really reminiscent and whimsical, and he's like, "Man, I could just smell." Joliss is cooking. I love this scene because it contrasts so much to the earlier one where, when they were younger and like, I think it's the same episode that uh, Brandon dies and they're in the car and they, they talk about all their old friends and it seems like Harry has no idea who they are.
0: Yeah. Harry's forgotten entirely.
1: Yeah. And, but here he's like, he mentions Kenny and Nathan and you know, he's like, man, I miss those guys. And I just like it. I just like it's almost like I don't know if it's like is, is a character change or growth. You want to call it that. But like, I just love that, like connecting that scene to what we saw earlier with uh, uh, with Harry.
0: Again, they're flashing back to their old selves, too. So I think. Yes. Maybe, some, maybe that's some of it. He yeah, actually does remember these people.
1: Yeah. And we get another scene where like he's he's because I think this is from his perspective, his memory. Like he's he's losing all this blood here. And he's not doing so hot. So, like, he is thinking of those good times. Like, we get a scene with the three other members of their original crew, like, actually talking. And Brandon sees Maria, which is cool. Um, so, it's like they're they're both seeing, like, these moments from their past.
0: Until her fuckboy
1: shows up. <laughs> Until her fuckboy. Yeah, I forgot him! Oh, yeah! Yeah, the, the old hand just touches Maria's shoulder and there's Big Daddy. <laughs> they call him Big Daddy for a reason
0: that's all i'm because he's a daddy because he's because he's a generation older than everybody else
1: yes that's why that's exactly why uh, i love i love this scene too because again they're both just like having these moments of reminiscence and, and big daddy says like sorry i caused you all this trouble brandon and like it's just so much closure that we're getting in in these scenes here and i love it i absolutely love it harry asks again like so i thought you were trying to kill me why are you helping me like, didn't you come back for revenge? Um, And kind of pulls himself up. And again, Brandon just won't answer him. Because he's Brandon. Because, I mean, partly because he's Brandon, but also I think like he's conflicted, right? Because yeah. like even, he, even Harry... He doesn't,
0: he doesn't really know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does. And Harry even says like, dude, I killed Maria. I killed everyone that you care about. Why are you still helping me? Where he says, I'm here right in front of you. Use your gun. Kill me. Again, it's one of those moments like man, it's heavy. It's like he just it's just he's just racked with guilt for I think for everything he's done to like his his best friend.
0: Well, that and it's kind of the whole like samurai thing too of like I don't want to live with the dishonor of having lost and I can't go back to being poor and having lost everything, you know.
1: Yeah, he he talks about that here. He says like I've lost everything. Like everything's gone. Bob and Lee and the Orgman and sh- even Sherry, like, everything is gone. I have nothing left. I have no honor. I have nothing to live for. And so he's, like, just kind of begging Brandon to, to finish him off. Which is... I don't know. I-, I don't know if you could call that selfish? Like, to yeah. say, like,
0: make someone else do it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least it would... I suppose if you gotta die, people remembering that you got taken out by an undead corpse of somebody you betrayed. That, like, that's a good story. Yeah. It's a good legacy. And instead of like, oh, yeah, everybody turned on him, so he shot himself in the head. I mean... Right. No,
1: that's fair. Which
0: I guess is selfish, then, if that's his whole...
1: If he wants to... If it's just he wants to be remembered, or is its it... Is it, yeah. it's, it's either that, or he really just wants... Like, he feels that guilt, so, like, he he wants to just,
0: you know, let Brandon... I think it could be a little of everything. Well, and, like, the whole... Sapuku thing you know you had a second that was standing there with a sword to finish you off quickly and or to to finish you off entirely if you couldn't do it to yourself so it's almost like he has his best friend there who's he's asking he can't do it so he's asking for his honor to be restored by being killed by you know a person he trusts who should care about him too yeah I, i think maybe it's on all these levels you know i think it's up for debate i definitely agree with that
1: so a explosive device gets thrown in through the window. There's an explosion, uh, and oh my god, it's blown us right into the break card. We <laughs> welcome one and all to the break card. You know who this is. This is Andy and you're listening to another episode of tuning japanese as we finish up season 6 this week with our final review of gungrave what a crazy ride this anime has been i know it again these seasons always feel like they take forever given our release schedule but uh i'm very excited to have one more discussion coming up next about the anime overall we got to get josh in on that one and he is Uh, Really dealing with some stuff this weekend so we can't record, so we're going to try to get that to you in a couple of weeks and maybe put something out on the feed in the interim uh, before we get to our final discussion. Uh, That episode's going to have a lot to it. We're going to talk about the anime overall. We'll play some sort of cool trivia game or or something. I'll come up with an idea before then, uh, as well as... Revealing what we're going to do for Season 7, as well as a couple of very, very important bits of news that we're going to break on that episode. So it's not one that you're going to want to miss. Make sure you tune in for that episode of Tuning Japanese as we finish up our discussion of Gungrave. Hey, if you want to support the show, you can head to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese and donate as little as $1 to help support our show. Uh, For $3 you can get bonus episodes and content. We just released bonus episode number, I think, 46 or 47. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Bill and I bantered at the beginning of this episode for a while about a bunch of different nerdy topics. Uh, And you can listen to that. You can listen to some of my favorite episodes, in all honesty. Like the uh, one where we tried to rank and put everyone from, uh, not everyone, but major characters from the anime that we've covered in our seasons into the Hero Association. We ranked... The Trigun Villains in another episode. Uh, There's all kinds of crazy fun bonus content. We talk about Marvel stuff, uh, all kinds of things there. Again, patreon.com slash tuning Japanese. If you have the money to donate, we would appreciate it. If you don't have the money to donate, really honestly, the number one thing you can do is tell other people about our show. If you know someone who likes anime or nerd culture and you think that You know, maybe they might enjoy us. Go give them our link and let them know to check us out, especially before we get into season seven in our brand new series to be announced soon. You can also leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to today's episode. We'd really appreciate that. The algorithms are crazy math and science that I don't understand. But the more positive reviews we get, the more people find our show, the more we're promoted. So if you have not rated our show yet, please take five minutes, maybe less, of your day right now to go and review us and let people know that you enjoy our show and that people should come and listen to us. Bill and I are going to wrap up this review. Like I said, next time we'll be back with a final discussion of the anime. We'll have our big reveal some big news. Check us out in a couple of weeks there. Hope you all are doing well. And let's get right back into our review of Gungrave. <laughs> We've crawled out of the rubble of the break card. And uh, we come back. Why do I have to lift the wall? <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there in a second. Uh, But first, Mika is running down the road until she can't anymore. Yeah. uh, To which Nabisco shows up and is like, get in the fucking car. Come on. So she gets in the car and then we get a scene with Sherry visiting Harry in his mental state of where he's at. Uh, I I love that, like, Bear Walken also shows up. And this might be my favorite part of the whole episode when he's like, Bear says, you know, take care of my daughter. And I love Harry's response. He says, "I will, Dad." Yeah, I noticed that too. It's such a—it's a small, subtle thing, but I fucking love it.
0: Well, especially in hindsight, knowing how the episode ends. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Like I think that I think that gives it even more depth.
1: Yeah, more more weight. The uh, we see a scene of Bob uh, and and Lee, who again were extremely close to Harry. Uh so again he's just like laying there after the explosion just seeing all these bright moments from from his his life. And then we get a, sh- a shot of Bungee, another person who he was kind of connected to. Um and then uh most importantly, he gets we see a shot of Brandon with his long hair and suit look that he had. Yeah. Middle middle Brandon. Yes, middle Brandon. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then we get a we get some uh gunfighting, like, old shots with all the the old crew fighting. You, you got have gunfighting. You have to. And I love that, like, just like we got the scene with Jolis and the crew, now we get a scene with this part of Harry's life. It's just, he's just, we're just reliving these moments almost, like, in in order. Yes. It's good storytelling. I think it is, certainly. Harry is woken up when some rubble falls on him, and he realizes, oh, Brandon saved me again. Because before the break card, he dives onto Harry when that explosive enters the room. Yes. So again, he, here he is, saving his best friend. Uh, and all these armed men just kind of come in. They're like, man, that was easy. <laughs> As Brandon hulks out and no, lifts Nobody the look at the timestamp
0: on the, on the episode. It's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just lifts the fucking rock. And they're like, holy shit. And Brandon goes into fucking beast mode. Yes, he does. It's the animation of him getting riddled with the bullets is fucking badass. And then it's even cooler when like Harry picks up the gun, shoots that he does this like craze jump in the air, like a flip punch down, like a Superman punch. And then your favorite part where he whips a rock at this dude. <laughs> yeah, that
0: was so good. It's really fucking good. Fuck your face. Yeah. It's so good. I like how he went from like shooting in the kneecaps to like just throwing rocks in their their head.
1: <laughs> oh, so, oh yeah. Unfortunately, he does get gooed. He does get gooed. He but gets he gets a leg all gooed.
0: Somebody finally came up, showed up with the goo.
1: <laughs> yeah the uh, the anti necrolizer bullets. <laughs> then Harry gets shot up again, like crazily, like fifteen times.
0: <laughs> the stiff softener. <laughs> Of cause they're corpses.
1: They're stiffs. Cause, cause they're stiffs. So grave raises up after he watches Harry dramatically fall, what seems like to his death. He just takes bullet after bullet, and then he again just loses his shit. He just scree- he goes Super Saiyan. He just screams. <laughs> his hair flies up in the air.
0: <laughs>
1: and then we cut to uh, Tamika in the car
0: with uh, Nabisco, Nabisco, and stupid hair.
1: Yeah, stupid hair and Nabisco. They go, uh, <laughs> hey, pull everyone back. <laughs> Which at this point, I feel like it might be too late.
0: <laughs> Much like Big Daddy, we didn't pull out soon enough. That's oh,
1: <laughs> oh, oh. we she, cut She's right there. <laughs> we cut back to the bar. Brandon everyone has left, and it's just Brandon and Harry, and Brandon is just kind of standing there.
0: No, it's and, just Brandon.
1: <laughs> I mean Harry does move. Uh, he is actually, he lives up to his name. He is now officially Bloody he, Harry. He's just twitching. <laughs> like... Yeah, his hand starts twitching, to which, like, he then starts crawling and he cr- crawls and he grabs the gun and he's just leaving a red smear behind him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brandon falls over and he just, like, crawls over to Brandon. He's like, hey, Brandon. <laughs> hey, Brandon. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. And I you love want- that Brandon just <laughs> opens his eyes and he's like, I knew you wouldn't die.
0: <laughs> you stubborn son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. You want a gun, buddy? <laughs> How the fuck is Harry not dead? <laughs> he made his three saving throws. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Coming back with one. A- he rolled an at 20. Yeah, he rolled an at 20. He's That's back awesome. with one hit point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and this is where... Again, might be, again, one of my favorite lines from the episode. Brandon goes, I keep making the same mistake. And Harry's like, what? Like, what what the fuck are you talking about? Brandon says, choosing Harry McDowell over millennium. It's
0: just like, man,
1: it's a a heavy moment. It, It was.
0: It was a very heavy moment.
1: But he then follows it up with, but I have no regrets now. Right. And I love that, too. And he's just... He's laying there. He says, I have no regrets that I couldn't kill. And, like, this is the tear jerker moment. I was rewatching this the other day, and I... I, The tears came a little bit. Like, it was just like, this is that... He's like, I couldn't kill my best
0: friend. And I'm like, oh my god! It's such a... It's such a fucking sweet moment. And that's why you're not the one I asked to make sure I never wind up in a nursing home. (laughs) Right. Like, you aren't gonna be the one to take me out in the woods and no. No, for for no. And uh
1: Harry breaks down crying. Brandon looks like he's basically pretty much going to die or has died. Uh the sheet goes flying up in the air again and we see them as kids running and Harry's like I just want to go back to the old days when you know we were kids and just be free again. Free from like all the shit, right? The way that we were back then. And then Brandon who apparently isn't dead. <laughs> Turns his head,
0: <laughs> just says. I mean, he's a little bit dead. He's a little dead. <laughs> he, a little he got dead. better. He not well. Well, okay. Uh, he
1: says, "Well, then let's go. Let's go back. Let's go to the forest of no return." No. Um. He says, "Let's go home, Harry McDowell." And it's just like, oh, I just have so many feels. Like, and they reach out to each other with uh, with guns. <laughs> with, yeah. It seems like they're reaching out with their hands, but no, they're reaching out with guns. And this fucking moment. Okay. I have a problem with this scene, though. Okay. Brandon is near invincible.
0: Would a bullet to the the head kill him? A regular bullet? I think at this point, with the goo that's hit him. Yeah. And all the cracking that's gone on. Maybe. I mean, if you think back to Logan. Spoiler for Logan. (laughs) I mean, he died from something that would have not normally killed him. True. But since his body was breaking down and all of his, you know... Mm-hmm. He had pushed it to the limit.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I think that's what you're supposed to understand here is that he, between all the gunshots and the goo and the explosions and like he is just hovering on the the edge of shattering.
1: We get this heartfelt scene where they say each other's names because that's what this anime does. They just they the characters say the other one's name a million times, um, but this time it actually is really emotional. And yeah, then, for once it matters. And then they cut to white, and Mika. Runs out of her car as the credits start playing. Uh, It's one of those, like, where you still got action going on with the credits rolling. Like I said, they need
0: all the time they can get.
1: Yeah, no, they do to to tell the story. Uh, Mika just goes bolting, just completely bolting down the alleyway up. And then we see, we cut to, you know, memories of her talking with Grave and her saying, like, you know, I've got to find my family and, you know, saying, like, I love you. And he says, you know, you're going to you're going to be happy. Even when I'm gone, right? You're gonna live a great life, forever and, and until you know, till your your time to pass away. Essentially, it's such a sad moment because like she's she's remembering all these things. She runs and then what she finds is Brandon and Harry both dead. We don't see them, but we just kind of see the shocked look on Mika's face.
0: Yeah, we never actually see.
1: Yeah. So I guess technically, Brandon could be not there, maybe he did survive and left, but no, it it, it makes sense that, like, he's, he's dead, and she's like, you know, you're, we're family.
0: I think the end of the show proves that they're both dead. Yeah. Because it's all the other dead characters saying the names. Like we couldn't, Oh, yeah. We couldn't end with more names being said. Yeah, that's true. No, we couldn't. But they wouldn't be saying, talking to Brandon. Yeah. If, yeah. if he wasn't also dead. That's true. It's and, people you walking... Know, welcome- Welcoming them to the under to the afterlife.
1: It's bittersweet. I like this moment too because, like, we get a shot of, like you said, like everyone. Essentially, we get like Sherry, and again, they're all just saying their names. There's Doctor Tap <clears throat> Tokioka, <laughs> and Bob and Bear, and then we get Ballad Bird Lee and Boongi. and I love how they kind of go back and forth them like saying hey to like each of the characters we get Big Daddy yep and man. we get a few
0: uh, special names for people like uh, Bungie saying Big Guy yeah Bear saying Brandon Heat
1: Ken, Kenny going yo Brandon yep uh, we end with of course Maria we think it's over but no we get one last scene with them as kids again and... well like
0: like they said they wanted to go back to where yeah so is this heaven are they just, I don't know. Are they in a memory? Are they are we just, I don't I is this I a flashback know. for our benefit?
1: Either way, it's it's a I think it's the right scene to go go away on. And I think yeah. it's kind of kind of an extension of the original scene uh that we saw back in the day. Uh, Cause he introduces Harry introduces himself. He's like, you know, the name's Harry McDowell, what's your name? And Brandon who's just laying there is like Brandon Heat. He says Brandon Heat, huh? And who is the one that lost the two?
0: That was Harry, wasn't
1: it? That was Harry, yeah, because he's yeah. the one that got yep. beat up by that guy. Well, the
0: the orphanage owner, correct?
1: Yes, the orphanage owner. Yeah. So we end with him saying, like, nice to meet you, and he pulls Brandon up, and we see them, like, clasping clasping hands. Yep. And, uh, that's the end of the anime.
0: Except for Maria saying, welcome home.
1: Yep. We really analyzed the shit out of that one. Um it's time to talk about our final thoughts on this episode. We're not going to talk about our final thoughts of the series yet. I'm going to give us a, at least another week to kind of digest and come back with like a full perspective of, of the anime. Um, so let's just try to hone in as, as much as we our comments that we can just to the episode alone. I guess I'll start since this is my, I guess, question mark review. I mean, we kind of worked on it <laughs> together, so we yeah. can just kind of talk together a little bit, but I, I really, really like this ending. I think there's a few things where they like, you know, like the the saying of the names over and over again and stuff that like could have been annoying had they had had like the art and the direction uh, not been as good as it is. When we look at the story overall, we'll talk more about like the overall story later. But like to end it, I, like it had to almost end. It didn't have to end this way, but I feel like this is so much better than your typical anime ending. And and it is a little reminiscent of like Trigun in some ways. At the end, Vash doesn't kill knives. And he, you know, he's like, I'm going to take you and and like start this life and rehabilitate. But like here at the end, it's they reconcile to some extent and then they both die at the end.
0: Yeah, they die. They kill each other and yeah, or dying anyway. So they they put each other out of their misery.
1: So this episode just is it's masterful. It's so good. And it, I think, redeems a lot of some of the lower parts these last two episodes i think have redeemed a lot of the lower parts of the anime overall and i just thought generally this episode was paced really well like you said they they needed every second
0: they could well they went they went back to the mob story and the friend story you know it it was much more mattering than just fighting weird monsters yeah i think if harry had just turned into like the super superior, it would have been a whole lot weaker of an ending.
1: It almost feels like the way that this was written overall. And again, I'm, I, I should save this more for later, but I'll just kind of mention it here. And we've talked about it a little bit before. The
0: you make a rule then immediately break it.
1: <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad at it. But I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll just mention like like we mentioned, the Bobcopter was the lowest point.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, and, at least remember the Bobcopter. I think do maybe, remember it. I think maybe. The Ballot Leaf fight was the low point. Fair. Because it was just as stupid, less funny.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair. And But, like, it's just, like, they had... It's almost like they felt like their hands were tied. They had to do the obligatory video game stuff. But, like, when they came back in this episode, like, going back to the friendship, like, it just... It worked because we've built up that friendship for all these episodes and... Because of the visual choices in this episode, because of everything, like, it makes perfect sense to me. And, like, just the the storytelling just was really well done.
0: Well, and them going out in a blaze of glory fighting Millennium together. Yeah. Was a better choice. Absolutely. Than them fighting each other. I agree. And it could have just been Harry and Millennium versus Brandon. Could have been. And And like I said, I mean, Harry could have transformed and you know, then it could have just up the stakes of the, whatever, you know, and that would have mm-hmm. been, frankly, it would not been a satisfying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think, I think it was really well done. I think they saved, I really, really feel like the the authors here were just like, you know, story, 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 obligatory video game bullshit. And then here's the wrap up of our, our story. Right. For sure.
1: It it reminded me of why I like this series and why it, when I originally watched it, I thought it was so good. Like you, you, we get to that middle part and it kind of was slowing down and slogging. And then like, it's just, it's, it's all about character interaction and like the, especially of these two characters.
0: yes, And like, that's the, that's the strength of the show. Yes. Agreed. And I have, I have some other thoughts, but they all kind of, they kind of fit into the wrap up portion. So, so,
1: so let's save that. Any last thoughts on the episode at all overall, anything
0: that stood out in general worth it? Yeah. I mean, I guess... And honestly, the, the animation was not crappy in this episode. That was good. So I guess we can we can accept some of the bad animation prior, knowing they were saving time, money, and resources to make this one actually worth every second.
1: I agree. I completely agree. That was episode 26 of... I almost said Trigun... Of Gungrave. No, it wasn't. Nope, nope. That was not episode 26 of Trigun. Episode 26 of Gungrave which was titled dusk of the destroyers. And then next time we're going to just going to wrap up and talk about the series overall in more detail. We're going to give you our top fives. We'll play some sort of game or trivia thing. Uh, we'll tell you what we're going to do next season. We've got some announcements. It'll be a hell of an episode. You do not want to miss it. Yeah. Bill, thank you so much. This has been fun today. Yes, it has. It's <laughs> We've rambled for quite a while. We have rambled. Quite a lot today, but I think it is about time we stop that rambling.
0: yeah, I should go to bed,
1: yeah, that's fair. uh, this has been tuning Japanese a podcast where two dudes talk about this sad, sad end to this anime, and
0: uh you recognize it, don't you <laughs> I'm Andy. what is it? <laughs> what is it, <laughs> and I'm a wanted man. I'm Bill. You smell that bill. Is it where the rock is cooking? It smells like Jolis is cooking. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's cooking it <laughs> smells like.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord, we will see you next time. Bye-bye. What? I stole his line. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, And follow our Twitter at Tuning Japanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at TuningJapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on YouTube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a 5-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. A special thanks to our patrons Brian Nash and superfan Matt. Stubborn son of a bitch I keep making the same mistake uh-huh. choosing Harry McDowell over millennium but I have no regrets now that I couldn't kill My best friend,
0: Brandon. I'm sorry.